It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. I guess Paul Selleck is flying us 5,000 feet above Las Vegas in a Cirrus SR-22. So even though I'm the host of the show, Paul is the pilot. You're the pilot. What are you talking about? I think you're doing it. He's founder and president of All in Aviation. It's a Las Vegas-based flight school with two locations, one in North Las Vegas and the one we're flying out of, Henderson Executive Airport. His company, Cirrus Aircraft, is available for rental and flight training, and we're doing the flight training right now. For information, go to allinaviation.com. That's allinaviation.com. And Paul, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for being here. You're in the left seat of an SR-22, the world's best-selling airplane. This is a first for me. I've done interviews in all kinds of strange places. I've done it at an airfield in Tonopah. I've done it on a in a wedding chapel on a very small counter interviewing brides. I've done it in sitting at the Howard Hughes seat of the Spruce Goose. But that was stationary and not off the ground. But now we are literally 5,000 feet above the Las Vegas Valley. What a view. How did you get to Las Vegas? Because you're not from here originally, but you've been a part of Las Vegas for a while. So you started off where? Well, I started out uh, born in Canada, as a matter of fact. Born and raised there as a hockey fan uh, growing up watching Wayne Gretzky. Oh, nights go. Exactly. So uh, I was born with hockey in my blood. Alberta, uh, exactly. and you were raised in, and then Vancouver, Canada, and then later attended high school in Erie, Pennsylvania. That's right, yep. So when we were teenagers, we moved uh, from the from Canada to the United States in Erie. Which has got to uh, be, from my perspective, about two years ago, because you look really young. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. How does it feel doing your first interview at 175 knots? I love it. I love it. I've learned uh, a little bit about the plane so far. There's a lot to absorb, especially when we were doing the controls, and you, uh-huh. were, you were taking me through the checklist. Everything, and I've flown in planes where they've had the checklist on the old clipboard. This is no longer that. This is all digital. So they do have the checklist, which is required, but it's all on the screen. And we went through everything to make sure everything was safe. And we've got two passengers with us in addition to us, Tegan and Brianna. And we are flying, oh, as I mentioned, over the Las Vegas Valley. How far can this jet go before you have to refuel? Um, so we're actually flying in, a, in an SR-22 today, so it's actually not a jet. This particular one is the prop model. We have a jet that's available, but uh, this one that we're flying today is the SR-22, um, and it has the range to go about 1,000 nautical miles. Um, in, in layman's terms, that's from Vegas to Dallas, um, and I tell people jokingly that the airplane will outlast most people's bladders, <laughs> so we typically recommend people to fly... A two-and-a-half-hour leg, get out, stretch, go to the bathroom, get gas, and then go again. Think of a road trip. Yes, exactly. You pull over in a rest area every once in a while. This is, in essence, the same thing. 
it, you don't really want to do the five-hour uh, long hauls. I'm also used to, and this is going to be a very non-linear interview because we're going to talk about you, about the school, but also about where we are and what we're doing, and we're going to jump back and forth. And in addition, the sound you hear, obviously, is the plane. And I did say jet earlier, but I'm a little discombobulated because we are 5,000 feet above <laughs> Las Vegas, so it's really a prop, but he's got jets, and we're going to talk about all that as we go. You wanted to point something out. Yes, yeah, so I actually have to make a radio call here because we're just about to fly over Boulder City, Alrighty. and there's skydivers that jump out uh, from 13,000, so we make sure that they know we're here so they don't jump into us. All right, go right ahead. Area traffic. Cirrus is transitioning he west is now east just along the, the hills. Giving the uh, tower a notice to that the Dam. there are Boulder sky City. jumpers in front of us, and they don't jump on us. Left down one, two, seven, Boulder. So he's left downwind for runway 27, and in a matter of uh, the next 60 seconds, 90 seconds, we're going to be right over the Hoover Dam. So part of the excitement of being a pilot and learning to be a pilot is clearly, in addition to the flying experience, the views you get that you just can't get from a commercial uh, airplane or from any other kind of viewpoint. Absolutely. We get a front row seat to the landscape that God has given us here. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, some of the, the beautiful uh, geography that we can fly over. And you can get as low as 500 feet if you're in non-populated areas. Populated areas, we have to be above 1,000 feet. Um, but imagine flying over the Hudson River at 1,000 feet. Nice. It's unbelievable. Nice. We're about to fly over the Hoover Dam here. Uh, we go a little bit higher because there's a whole bunch of helicopters down here. Uh, so we let them do the, the super low stuff. But, and, of uh, course, the helicopters are the ones with the propellers on top versus on the side. You the got it. Yeah, they would call it a rotor. But yes. yeah, <laughs> of course. Yes. That was a very good attempt, a very bad attempt at humor. No, I, I, I got it. I, I guess I'm being way too factual here. <laughs> no, no, I like technical people because clearly it's much more safe if you're technical than I am. So we're flying over Lake Mead, and when you are teaching people how to learn, students how to learn uh -huh. to fly, what's the, is there one holy grail, in other words, is there one singular line you tell them to always remember, maybe it's something like always do the checklist, maybe it's something more global than that. Yes, so every pilot, there's, there's really three orders of priority with anything that you do, aviate, navigate, communicate. Rule number one, your top priority should be maintaining the airplane, making sure that you're in a, in a position to be safe at all times, that you have command of the aircraft. Once the airplane is under control, then you navigate, right? So now we're starting to fly towards uh, Lake Mead. And lastly is communicate. We t tell other people what we're doing. We, we make sure that we're uh, uh, informing other people so that we... Yeah, what we want. If we want to talk to air traffic control. Well, just we, as an example, with the skydivers a yes. moment ago, you had to let them know. Exactly. So here we're coming up on the uh, the Hoover Dam. Uh, I've got your this beautiful GoPro, so why don't you just hold it there, and uh, I'm going to turn. If you guys want to take some pictures, uh, this is this is really one of those beautiful spots. The Hoover Dam is right underneath us. I don't know if you see it here, Ira. I do Ira. see it. I do see it. And what was funny about it, when we were first flying over Lake Mead, and the Hoover Dam is so huge, and yet I didn't see it until you pointed it out. Yeah. Because we're that high up. And it's definitely a perspective you cannot get from any other way. 
you can't because when you're flying a, exactly. in a commercial airline, as an example, yes, you can see a broader spectrum of the land, but here we're so close, and yet get the perspective of the marina, Lake Mead, and Hoover Dam as well. When you decided to move to Las Vegas, what was the reason? In other words, you had met your wife, Lindsay, there. You have two kids, so you're raising a family, you're running a business, and we're going to talk about all these hangars you're about to build as sure. well in a moment. But I'm curious about what brought you... My mic just hit, and then... Because, you're okay. Yeah, we're yep. fine now. Again, we're up in the air, so it's a little bit more informal than when I do a typical interview or conversation on Talk About Las Vegas. But... When you decided to come out here, what was it that brought you out? Was it the sense of adventure, Las Vegas being an unusual city? So actually, I was working for Cirrus Aircraft, the manufacturer. Um, you were selling aircraft. I was a demo pilot for Cirrus at the time. And um, then you became, uh, you started selling as well. Exactly. So that was the opportunity that Las Vegas afforded. I, I, there was a, a need for a pre-owned sales representative on the West Coast, and Cirrus wanted it to be in a location that people would want to go to pick up their airplane to learn how to fly to you know it, it, it's the center of the west coast in essence so i, I it was a an arranged marriage in a, in a roundabout sort of way um and then as soon as you get here uh you know what's not to love right exactly. we got no income taxes we got non-stop flights everywhere that you possibly want to go there's no flying bugs right we don't have mosquitoes <laughs> anything right. like that exactly and no one ever had a, a heart attack so, uh, shoveling sunshine <laughs> right moving from correct, these, these correct. places where there's snow i mean it's just just an amazing uh yeah you don't have to move place. the snow out of the hangar You're, it's there's no snow exactly Except maybe once every five years there's a little bit but then god again i just have to say again that the view from this aircraft is amazing just yeah get and, your and breath away. you know you don't have a good point of comparison because you haven't flown other airplanes but let me just sort of draw to your attention the size of these windows the windows are are huge um, so that you get to enjoy it, you get to take it all in. The back seats in most airplanes sit very low and have very small windows, and a lot of times the back seat passengers can't see over the nose of the airplane. This is designed in such a way so that everybody's part of the flying experience. They can see everything, and truthfully, it helps with air sickness. It helps with just comfort and general ease. You don't feel claustrophobic. Yeah. Exactly. Or you feel like it's open to the world. And the other thing I'd like to know, too, about the plane is looking at your monitors, there's two of them, one for uh, you and one for me, and one of us is the co-pilot. We haven't decided who's that, but at any rate, <laughs> but it's a nice, clear, high-digital, high-def uh, screen that allows you to see what you need to see in terms of instrumentation and location. So it's very impressive, just the inside of the aircraft. Exactly. It, Cirrus really designed an airplane to, to look like the interior of most automobiles. Um, before Cirrus existed, you know, people would pull up to the airport in their, their, their nice vehicles. They would walk out to go to a flight lesson, and they would jump into an old jalopy that, that you know, was, was uh, certified before they were even born. Uh, Cirrus sort of reimagined the, the, the flying experience to make it more automotive, to appeal to, to the masses, to make it something that we're all familiar with. And just for the record, Cirrus, this aircraft, Cirrus has Sirius radio in it. Yeah, in fact, what is your favorite station? <laughs> well, let's put the Sinatra station on so you can come fly with me. Uh, let's, let's see, see do you there. know which station is? Uh, so you see we got 160 oh, we do. stations. It should be Sinatra something. Is, is it Rock? Oh, no, it would be under... 
standards. So should be coming up. Oh, Frank there Sinatra. Is, right there we there. go. All right, let's see what we can get here. Right. Seriously Sinatra. That's it. Seriously Sinatra on Cirrus aircraft. So there you go. Just for a couple of seconds, we'll play it. Right? Isn't right, that fun? That's good. <laughs> I guess we've got on the sunny side. Exactly right. <laughs> that's great. How appropriate, right? It is. It is super. And it, it is. Su and we should point out that this aircraft has UV protection. And yes. so, as a result, although our part is not tinted for safety purposes, the two passengers behind me begin to begin to have. Tinted windows. Yeah, so they have tinted windows um, in the back. Up front, we have UV protected windows. Um, th this is another thing that I think makes this plane unique is that we don't have a bubble canopy. A lot of airplanes have a bubble canopy, which is great for visibility, right? But it's not great for sun protection. The beautiful stuff is down there. It's not normally on top of us. So, uh, yeah, the, the comfort is fantastic here. When you first take off, uh -huh. how does the... When you first take off, for example, here we're, we took off from Henderson Executive Airport, which for people who are not, who are listening to us not in Las Vegas, it's very close to the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, it's uh, eight nautical miles south of McCarran, the main airport. Uh, driving is, what, 12 miles from McCarran? Right, but very close to the, the M Resort. Yes. I'm right in there, and then you have these wonderful hangars. And I want to, on the second half of our conversation, talk to you about the that you're building next to the Raiders practice uh, area. But before we get to that, though, a little bit more about our our flight and your history. So once you moved here and you said it's a, it really is kind of a hub for Los Angeles and the West Coast for people that are either purchasing aircraft, previously owned as you call it, and also taking flight instruction. When you flight instruction to people, are, what's their reaction? Because, again, this aircraft is different from a typical aircraft where you have a lot more, I don't want to say non-digital equipment, but it has that look of what Technologically. You yes, you have, right, exactly. So you're coming into a whole new situation, a whole new environment. What's the typical reaction of Yeah, it? so I guess that's a fair point. So I moved here to sell airplanes, and then for seven years before we had started the flight school, um, people had always asked, hey, can I just rent a plane? Can I take a lesson? I just want to fly to the Grand Canyon. I want to check off the bucket list, fly one of the best airplanes in the world, and fly one of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, so that's when we started All in Aviation was in 2016 in order to meet that demand that, that wasn't being met. Uh, so not only do we sell them, we, we can then rent them, we can, uh, we can teach people how to fly them, and, and uh, this is a, a draw not only geographically, but a Cirrus airplane is a, is a very sought-after um, airplane within the aviation community. I don't know, did that answer your question? It did. So let's take a break. My guest, Paul Selleck, is flying us 5,000 feet above Las Vegas in a Cirrus SR-22. Paul is the founder and president of All In Aviation. It's a Las Vegas-based flight school with two locations, one in North Las Vegas and the one we're flying out of, Henderson Executive Airport. His company's Cirrus Aircraft is available for rental and flight training, as we talked about. For information, go to allinaviation.com. That's allinaviation.com. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. 
There's something new at the Neon Museum. The emerging technology of light mapping brings old signs back to life. Forgotten artifacts of our past that once blazed in the Las Vegas night are reanimated in a dazzling immersion of sight and sound. You've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. Brilliant, a Neon Museum experience. Performances nightly. Join the experience now at neonmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Paul Selleck as we fly 5,000 feet above Las Vegas in a Cirrus SR-22. This is a first for me. Paul's founder and president of All in Aviation, a Las Vegas-based flight school. He's got two locations, one in North Las Vegas and the one we're flying out of Henderson Executive Airport. His company, Cirrus Aircraft, is available for rental and flight training. And for more information, go to allinaviation.com. That's allinaviation, one word, allinaviation.com. And, Paul, we're flying still over Lake Mina. You, you don't get a sense of how large Lake Mead is because we've been up in the air for a while, about 15 minutes, and yet we're still flying above the lake. It gives you an appreciation, uh, an appreciation of how uh, powerful the Hoover Dam is, right? It is in it's terms of control. It's holding all this water. Absolutely. Uh, cold, not hot. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Tell us some of the other places that when people uh, come up with you on the, on the, the Cirrus aircraft, and maybe it's just you and Lindsay and the kids, are coming, you're coming up and flying... What other parts of Southern Nevada do you typically fly to? I assume Mount Charleston, Red Rock, they are fairly close by to where we are. The beautiful thing about being a pilot is that the freedom is, you can go wherever the heck you want to go. you got an airplane, and as long as you don't violate any airspace rules, you can pretty much go anywhere that you want. So some popular places to fly out of uh, Vegas that, uh, that I like taking the family are Death Valley, go over to Sedona, up to uh, Mesquite has a really nice uh, uh, golf course right at the airport, so you can get it. You literally land, they pick you up in a golf cart, you go down, you eat lunch, and then they drive you back up to your plane in a golf cart. That's Wolf Creek uh, Country Club. It's uh, some of these uh, hidden little gems that nobody knows about. And do, do you, as a pilot owner, do you share some of your? Location secrets with other pilot owners or oh, other sure. pilots that they know about something you find out about someplace you've never been to before. Absolutely, yeah. People, uh, you know, we call it jokingly a hundred dollar hamburger, right? <laughs> where, where are we going to fly to for a hundred dollar hamburger? Because a lot of the times, it's it's really not the food that we're looking <laughs> right, for; it's more yes. the experience exactly. getting there. You you are in a sense a jet setter in a exactly. way. Exactly. In this case, we're a prop setter. There, there you go. Yeah, which is okay. I'm used to being a prop setter rather than a jet setter, but it works out fine. And we have a jet. So yes, you do. Remember, we do no, no, no I know, but for purposes of, of our, yeah. our interview today, it's a, I'm a prop setter. And I will be a jet setter at some point. The, um, I want to point out, too, because people always have, are thinking about safety. We did that checklist I talked about. Fascinating thing about this aircraft that's so light that it actually has parachutes for the plane. Yes. As opposed, for the, as opposed to the humans, it actually has parachutes that eject if you need them and will lower the plane. That's correct, yeah. And if you remember from that emergency briefing, I told you there's two things you need to remember something bad happens to me. Do you remember what those were? Yes. What were they? It was blue, red, red. 
Perfect. Yep. So we have an autopilot that will fully take command of the aircraft by pushing the blue button. That so levels the plane. Levels the airplane. And if uh, if something bad's happening to me and you're not confident to land the aircraft, the best choice is to let the parachute land the aircraft for you. And what we do is we pull the red handle to shut the, the engine off. Right. And the second red handle lights off a rocket and floats the plane down to the ground under a parachute. The rocket, I assume, is for signaling purposes? And for what purposes? For signaling purposes, the rocket? No, it pulls the parachute out. Oh, I so, see. So okay. the rocket okay. it has to get out of and the airplane. That's the way it gets with the rocket. The rocket takes the parachute out with it. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Yep, and then it floats the plane down to the ground. and. Uh, or, and or in this case, like me. Exactly. <laughs> so the fish scatter and we wait for a rescue. It, so <laughs> It's one of those safety features that you, I'm so used to flying a serious airplane that, that I it's common practice I almost uh, I think it's crazy to fly an airplane that doesn't have it in the same way would you get in a car that doesn't have airbags probably not no, right you no. almost take it for granted but yeah, exactly but that's the alternative um, option in, uh, in other airplanes is you're gonna go I also would not get into a car that has a rocket that shoots out from the top Carrying a parachute. Well, that yeah, most cars don't. Most have cars that. don't. Yeah, yeah that, that's quite but it. But speaking of airbags, that's what these are right here on our oh, seatbelts. clever! So uh, in the front, if if uh, if there's enough G's, this blows up and an airbag comes out so that we we uh, are protected. Now that would be great for cars as well. It would be. That would be a good. I yeah, like the that. cars <laughs> they come at you with the with the airplane that go with you. And I want to point this out because this is such a beautiful spot here that we're about to fly over. Uh, you're, you notice that the the water that flows through the Grand Canyon. Yes. Uh, that's the Grand Canyon right in front of us. Is is the Colorado River? It's brown, and then at this magical spot where Lake Mead comes, see this how it goes brown to blue. Yes, it's one of those beautiful pictures that uh, yeah, you you almost just have to take. <laughs> I am about to, even though I am the co-pilot, take out my camera and get a shot of this. If I could get my camera to work, that's always a problem. Not always a problem, sometimes a problem. It is amazing though how, in fact, what I'm going to do is while we're talking, I'm going to shoot video. I'll turn to the right so that you can get it maybe out the right side. Now you were telling me too that unlike commercial aircraft, if you do get a signal, you could actually talk to someone on your cell phone. If you're low enough uh, and you're picking up uh, the wireless signal, then yeah. I mean, cell phones are, are ground-based um, system with the antenna, so you have to actually be in range to get it. Right. But uh, for sure, if you're picking it up, you can send a text, you can make a phone call. And you have, a, a, obviously, Bluetooth technology where recording, I didn't have to bring my own recording equipment because Paul has his own Bluetooth setup in here, so we're, that's why you're hearing us talk through the headset and why you can hear the noise of the airplane as well and get the sense of our being up in the air. And it's, I think, a much better sound in that sense than if I were to bring my own equipment, which the sound might just drown out, the background sound might just drown out, drown, drown out the microphone, but in this case we're using headsets and it's working out really well. It's a great view that Paul is showing us right now. He's shooting some shots for me. Of, it's hard, to, I guess that's turquoise or green. I don't know exactly what it it's is. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm not a geologist, but uh, I do know a, a beautiful but thing you, when you, I see it. But you do it. have a color chart, though, don't yeah, you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So to work out. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about the fact that we, I referenced it in the first half, and that is you are building is 26 yes. hangars right next to or 
right across from the Raiders who are coming into the Raiders Stadium, their practice facility. So you obviously have great faith in the increasing exponential growth of private aircraft. Absolutely. Now, coincidentally, one had nothing to do with the other. We've been working with uh, this with the Department of Aviation, Clark County, uh, since April of 2016. And at that point, there was no uh, inkling that there was even going to be an NFL football team in town. We, had, we didn't even have the Knights yet, if you can remember that long ago. Um, so we planted the seed. We, we proposed to the county that we wanted to build hangars because this truly is the, the part of town that's growing. Um, and it, it's it's really for aviators. It's the airport that you want to fly into um, if you're coming to Vegas. Uh, McCarran can be very busy, right? There's a lot of commercial airline traffic and international traffic. Exactly. As well. So the fees are very high to go into McCarran as a small aircraft like this. Um, and then North Las Vegas is is uh, it's just a longer drive to get to most locations that people want to fly into. So we we saw the opportunity uh, right when I moved here to Vegas that. Henderson is where it's at. So uh, we pitched uh, in April of two th- 2016, and our, uh, i got to tell you, th- things have moved at the speed of government. Uh, <laughs> three years so far, yeah. Three years, yeah. We, we literally got to work with the Clark County. We had to work with the city of Henderson, of course. Uh, Deborah March has been very helpful in, in this whole uh, pursuit. And then lastly, we the airport gets funding from the federal government, uh, so this project has to be approved by the FAA. So we're, we're dealing with city, county, federal. Everybody has to approve it. And uh, just last month, we started moving the dirt to finally That's amazing project. bring it to reality. Especially for a small company like yours. When you have the... When you Especially for a small company like yours. When you have the hangars built, uh-huh. are they going to be for a combina- used for a combination of both flight instruction and your aircraft, or also you're going to be leasing out space hangers to other people, other both. pilots' aircraft? Yeah, both is the answer. So think of it like uh, a little bit like a marina, speaking yes. of which we're flying over Temple Bar. Nice. Uh, I also, also saw while you were talking, I didn't want to interrupt, yeah. the wonderful changeover from green water to blue water again. Yep. It's beautiful. You don't see that. So it, in a lot of ways, the hangars that we're building are, are, are modeled after a marina where you own a, an airplane and you need a place to, to store it, right? To keep it out of the sun uh, in Vegas, that's that's a especially yes during summertime. Exactly, 115 degrees. And the Henderson Airport is at 100 percent capacity. There's there's nowhere to put an airplane um, if you want it, especially inside. Um, so that's where we saw the opportunity three years ago. Is hey, people are buying airplanes. They want to store them at the Henderson Airport. Um, so let's build hangars in order to provide a solution to a problem that exists. Um, so that's the that's what 25 of the hangars are for is for storage. Um, the the 26th hangar is a 30,000 square foot maintenance um, flight training aircraft rental with a pilot shop. It's it's the retail storefront of the airport in essence, uh, where you walk in, you can buy your T-shirts, you can buy your pilot gear, you can rent a plane, you can fix a plane, you can learn how to fly. Um, that's that's going to be that main 26th hangar. The other ones are going to be more traditional hangars, or just like the, pl- the hangar that we pulled. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. An interesting point you mentioned that I'd like to share with our listeners is that hangars. Let's move aside Jay Leno and others, uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> but hangars are generally designed for aircraft. Now, they don't want you parking your cars in a hangar, but as long as you have one aircraft in that hangar, 
you can certainly put a car in there or two cars, depending on the size of the hangar, but you have to have an aircraft in the hangar. That's right. It, it, the And truthfully, it's your some of your taxpayer dollars are going to an airport, right? And the airport um, is for airplanes, right? So it, it is a requirement that the FAA says that if you're going to rent a hangar at an airport that gets federal funding for uh, for aviation, that you have to have an aviation need and purpose for that hangar. Um, so I, I think it's in your and my best interest that you know we don't have a bunch of hangars that are filled with uh, you know non-aviation stuff because then the, there's a capacity issue. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. This is going to be an off-the-wall question, but since this is Las Vegas, sure. have you had any celebrity or entertainer clients that want to learn how to fly? Um, locally, no. We don't have any celebrities that, uh, that that want to learn how to fly. I've flown with people that have experienced it, um, but th- it, i, I got to admit to you, becoming a pilot, it, it requires you to be a student again, right? You have to get the books. You have to study. You have to actively want to learn. It's not to engage in the process. You have to engage in the process. It right. takes time. It takes money. Um, it takes you know emotional energy and in- intelligence. Truthfully, well, um, let's be. And a lot of times, people just they don't have the time for it. Is, right. is really what it boils down to. Uh, but once you are a pilot, this is such a time saver. Uh, this afternoon, for example, I need to run to Van Nuys. Uh, <laughs> I get yeah, exactly. You can so just do it. I'm going to be right. Van Nuys in 45 minutes. I'm going to fly the jet there, and uh, you're gonna, so you're going to get a hundred dollar hamburger again. It, yeah, the yeah. jet will be like a thousand dollar hamburger. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> now I, I probably should ask this as the last question, but I'll throw it in now. Uh, do I get it like wings or something since I'm a co-pilot or a pilot? Well, so what I'll give you when we get there is uh, I'll give you a, a, a poker chip that says that you went all in because you, you're flying with all in aviation. and uh, I like it. That's great. Yeah. I will treasure it. You've done and, it. And I will tell you, when you first pilot uh, this plane it, it, and you're not used to it and uh-huh. you've got your hand on the throttle and you've got your hand on the instrumentation, it is a little, I don't want to say nerve-wracking, it's more unsettling. Sure. I think would be the word. Yeah, you know, we're, we're two-dimensional beings, right? So adding that third dimension is unusual. It's different. It, it's an act. Well, I know, think we're three-dimensional beings. We're adding a fourth dimension. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that. I mean, I won't be overly technical. You're getting here, off but the I don't terra firma. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm, I'm the three-dimensional. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm just saying you're adding the element of, of <laughs> elevation and altitude, so it takes some getting used to. And speaking of which, let's have you do that so you can hear this on the sure. radio. So let's go ahead and have you click off the autopilot there. Push that red button. So that okay, means that, now you, that means that you are hand flying the airplane. So nice. what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and roll a bank about 20 degrees of bank to the left. Oh, to so, the left. This yeah. Way. So you can see there that's 10 degrees of bank. And if you go a little bit steeper, that's 15 degrees of bank. And as we roll that bank, you notice how the nose is slowly uh, dropping a little bit. Yes. So add a little bit of back pressure. So pull it towards you. Okay. There you go. Because what happens is we lose that vertical lift when now not all the wing uh, lift is going up. Now some of it's going to the side, so we have to counteract that. As you roll out, look at uh, our, our, our kind guide there is letting us know that we're not at our target, but uh, it's fine. Let's go ahead and roll to the right. So now that you've not had that initial ground rush of taking off, right. it really is pretty simple. It is. You just have to get used to that feeling, that slow roll. Yep. So now I'm going back to 
center. That's probably not the right word for it. Yep. What, is it center? Yeah, neutral okay. bank. Yep. And Ira here, let me take the controls just for one second. So we can roll at a little bit more oh, yes. quick of a rate yes. if we want. Yeah. We or maybe not. Yeah. yeah okay. you know, Speaking the, of that, do you carry a little bags with you in the aircraft? <laughs> we do, but thankfully it's very, very rare that they ever need to be yeah. used. So we're going to roll back to uh, wings neutral. We can level the plane off uh, pitch-wise, and uh, we can re-engage that autopilot so that All we right. can Shall focus. We, the autopilot is right there. We it's, we're perfect. That blue well, button that we talked about. That's a great right? way to end it. My guest has been Paul Salek. He's been flying us 5,000 feet above Las Vegas in a Cirrus SR-22, and it's a great aircraft. And that's a prop one. He's also got a jet, a lot of jets. Paul is founder and president of All in Aviation, a Las Vegas-based flight school with two locations, one in North Las Vegas and the one we're flying out of Henderson Executive Airport where he's building those 26 hangars. His company, Cirrus Aircraft, is available for rental and flight training. And for more information, go to allinaviation.com. That's allinaviation.com. And Paul, thanks for being on the show. Hey, you're a pilot. I am. This Nicely done. Deal you took the it. controls. Next time, in the skies. All right, thanks for going all in. Thanks again. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Anything you want us to be.